Hey marketers, if you want to get the latest news, trends, and insights in marketing, advertising, and tech, check out the Adweek Podcast Network. Learn from leading voices across media and marketing with original shows like Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, Marketing Vanguard, and Tech Magic with Kathy Hackle. Start listening now by searching Adweek wherever you listen to podcasts. My dad works in B2B marketing. He came by my school for career day and said he was a big ROAS man. Then he told everyone how much he loved calculating his return on ad spend. My friends still laugh at me to this day. Not everyone gets B2B, but with LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people who do. Get $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash generate to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash generate. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. You're listening to Yeah, That's Probably an Ad. This is the Adweek Podcast. It's a bonus episode uh, because we have so much to talk about that we couldn't even cram into our uh, episode uh, that we pushed live on Monday. Uh, And we are here to talk about TikTok and all of the controversy around TikTok and uh, and what is happening and make sense of it. Uh, Co M is with us as always, our co-host and community editor for Adweek. And Co, who else do we have to help make sense of all this? Yes, we have our intrepid reporter Scott Nover, who has been watching all of the TikTok developments, especially over this past weekend. Uh, welcome back to the show, Scott. Thank you. I feel like I'm only here on bonus episodes, which means that. <laughs> Something went Breaking terrib- news. something went terribly wrong in our planning for this. No, no, it's it's like the ultimate red carpet, you know. It's like when oh, we're having Scott on. No, we gotta give him his own <laughs> whole thing. <laughs> so, kind of um, take us back, right? We we have um, we talked about TikTok before in terms of it being um, a, a platform and the concerns with privacy. Um, and digital safety. Um, what were the recent developments um, over this weekend, and what are you watching now? So basically, let's take it back a couple of weeks uh, when Donald Trump said that he, sorry, first Mike Pompeo, the Secretary of State, and then Donald Trump said that they wanted to ban TikTok um, and really didn't give much indication what that meant. Um, the government doesn't really have the power to just ban companies. Um, but so that's when our reporting started and, and uh, my colleagues and I started digging into what Trump could actually mean by that. Um, and one of the roots is something that's already been going on for a while, which I think is what is actually happening. So it's uh, a committee called the, it's a government agency called the Committee for Foreign Investment in the United States, which basically has the power to review and block mergers um, between different companies uh, for national security concerns. And what that committee uh, is doing and President Trump uh, overseeing it is saying that they want to um basically reverse the merger that between ByteDance, the company that TikTok is owned by, and Musical.ly, kind of its spiritual predecessor, um, that acquisition went through in 2017. And so now we're 
Now we're really seeing conversations between Microsoft and other potential suitors, seeing if they can swoop in and buy TikTok uh, and alleviate some of the government's concerns, which stem from TikTok's security and their proximity to the Chinese government, which are both relative unknowns. Yeah. And over um, Sunday on August 2nd, Microsoft released a blog post that you shared, you know, that um, Microsoft, pending the deal, quote, would ensure that all private data of TikTok's American users is transferred to and remains in the United States. To the extent that any such data is currently stored or backed up outside the United States, Microsoft would ensure that this data is deleted from servers outside the country after it is transferred. They go on to say that they appreciate the U.S. government's and President Trump's personal involvement as it continues to develop strong security protections for the country. End quote. What is that exactly signal to you as you've been covering this, given that, you know, a lot of TikTok users, as I saw on the app over the weekend, they were like, this could be my last post. And even, you know, the U.S. general manager, Vanessa Pappas, had to kind of address it and say, no, 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 here's a video that says, like, we're not planning on going anywhere. Yeah, and I think that's the most important thing for users and for advertisers is that even with all this uncertainty, uh, TikTok, as you know it, is might change a little bit, but it's not going to go away entirely. Um, again, the government just doesn't have the power to stop an internet company from operating entirely in the United States, um, though it does have some of these merger powers. Um, and so basically what all this means is, well, it kind of harkens back to concerns that, um, that ByteDance, the company that owns TikTok, stores U.S. data elsewhere. Um, for its part, ByteDance says, no, it stores U.S. data in the U.S. Um, and critics allege that it is either storing it elsewhere or sending it back to China. Um, so, I mean, I think even if they do store it in the United States, there's no, there's nothing preventing them from sending it back to China. Um, yeah, I believe, I believe they've actually said that they also back it up in Singapore, uh, unless I'm yeah, misremembering I think the that's specifics. Right. But. I think that is right. And but they've claimed that both of those are secure from any potential Chinese, uh, you know, basically, if the Chinese government came and said, give us all that data on, yeah. uh, you know, because I feel like maybe we should just quickly acknowledge, like, what is the, what is the, the concern here? It, the, the, well, okay, sure. there's two, con- <laughs> two kinds of concerns here. There's the rational concerns, the ones that are somewhat well documented about TikTok. Then there are the more extreme concerns, which uh, over uh, on Facebook over the weekend, I saw some folks uh, I'm very used to, as Scott probably is as well, and, and co, uh, Twitter, you know, I, my Twitter crowd is a bit more curated in terms of it's a lot of peers and professionals uh, that are, are kind of deep in the nuance of this stuff. On Facebook, it was more casual, mm-hmm. you know, folks responding to how they've heard this stuff described. And they were saying this is Chinese spyware that is infiltrating America and tracking every American's movement. Now, obviously, not every American uses TikTok, um, but that's the fear. That's the, the, the portrait that Trump and others have have painted uh, right. And, and versus like, I think you're more secure security analyst level folks are more like, well, regardless of that, it's, it's asking for too much information as an app. Yeah. And I think it's important to note that <clears throat> we wouldn't be having this conversation if this 
um, company originated in almost any other country. Uh, this is a very China-specific conversation, um, and it comes on the heels of an escalating trade war that the U.S. is having with, uh, with China, increased diplomatic tensions. Both countries closed respective embassies in the, in the other countries uh, in the last couple of weeks. Um, and, and the Chinese government does have a sophisticated espionage operation in the United States. We know this. But the question is, is TikTok a part of that? One expert I talked to um, from uh, CSIS, a major think tank in, in D.C., basically said, you should be wary of China, but I don't think that TikTok has much to do with that. And it's not and the information that they're providing even if they did provide the Chinese government, it wouldn't be that valuable or new. So there are obviously critics who think that this information is incredibly important, and um, you know it, and it's and it's being captured a, among a very young Gen Z audience in the United States. Um, so there's kind of differing opinions on what the risk is, but it's it's really important to know that this is a very China specific concern, um, and. And that's that's really where this is rooted. And it comes in the the you know the context of um, COVID nineteen, mm-hmm. uh, and also you know we can't forget what TikTok has done in the realm of politics, especially you know in terms of um, the stories that you've covered and written about with TikTok users, Gen Z and beyond, um, kind of rallying behind different causes like uh, you know going against a rally or things like that. So I'm sure there are several factors playing into this very specific situation. I mean, there, there have to be. And, and so that is really where we get into some first amendment questions that I touched on in my reporting. Um, Now, if this is just about security and privacy and national security, that's one thing. Uh, If the Trump administration is imposing these government regulations or restrictions or reversing mergers based on um, free expression that is happening naturally on the app, then I think that's a bigger cause for concern in terms of how our government is you know, responding to free speech. Um, basically, the story that was reported um, by the New York Times and some other outlets around Donald Trump's recent Tulsa rally was that um, TikTok users, specifically teenagers, were rallying to um, basically inflate the sign-up uh, and registration list for the rally. And now, that while that didn't you know, prevent anyone from going to Trump's Tulsa rally, which was sparsely attended, um, and, and notably so, um, it did increase the expectations that the Trump campaign had. Um, and basically, they said a million people were going to show up, um, I think, 20,000 or something did show up. So it's just kind of an embarrassing thing. But if that is retribution for um, either that or some other political um, happenstance, uh, then then I think that's a serious cause for concern in terms of um, the government punishing a corporation for individuals' uh, expression on that, on, that, um, on that app. Yeah, I mean, like in any other era... Which of course is a phrase we use a lot these days. Um, it would be it, it would sound ridiculous and conspiratorial if we said the president is just upset about being made fun of and being made to look a fool on a platform, and therefore that's why the president is coming out against it. Trump, I, I think, even his supporters would acknowledge, is takes things very personally, um, and 
even today, I mean, today alone has already been launching uh, individual attacks on people on his Twitter feed. Uh, that's pretty standard, uh, pretty much most days of his of his feeds. Um, and a lot of people have pointed out Sarah Cooper, uh, who is the um, very well-known lip syncer of Donald Trump's audio clips. Uh, she just plays his audio, but she reenacts them very perfectly and has become, uh, you know, a viral star across several platforms. And she's also been joking, you know, if this is about getting me off TikTok, well, uh, I'm also big on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it, it, again, in any other time, that would sound silly to say that is it really because Sarah Cooper, I Googled her name just now, yeah. and sure enough, there's all these headlines about, is Sarah Cooper, why? <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, think, TikTok. I think it's not, you know, it's not, who knows? You know, no one should pretend to know what is in the president's head. There's those two examples, Tulsa and Sarah Cooper, who's, who's created kind of a, uh, a high profile um, in recent weeks for mocking the president. There's also that uh, Kellyanne Conway's daughter is becoming kind of a TikTok famous influencer um, and specifically for bashing the president and her own mother, <laughs> which is, um, you know, it's it's weird, but it's interesting fodder. I mean, so, uh, you know, we don't need to wade too much into our own. You can generate your own conspiracy theory on, on why this is happening. I think what is an interesting is that um, Pompeo and Trump to my knowledge, never really mentioned TikTok um, in the public sphere until very recently. I mean, uh, concerns about TikTok have not been, are nothing new. And the company has been growing rapidly for, um, you know, the couple of years it's been in existence. But so I think if there is a, I'm not going to assign any sort of motive for it, but I think that it's safe to say that if this um, were challenged in court, which you know, who knows at this point what will happen. Uh, there would be a pretty decent First Amendment case saying that, you know, just highlighting the recency of some of these incidents. incidents um, and, well, and, and, and hasn't that. he, it felt like Trump kind of opened the door for some of that when he initially said, and I don't know, every day feels like a year yeah. long now, but I think it was Friday, you know, when he said, uh, I'm thinking about banning TikTok, I'll probably do it in the next few days. Oh, and also, I'm not con I, I'm not okay with a, a U.S. company buying it. Yeah, and which kind of implies I want to shut down TikTok. Not I'm concerned about China. Yeah, exactly. And so that kind of gets back to the limits of his power, which I uh, and my colleague Rachel Winnikov um, detailed in a recent piece. Um, he has a few options to make business incredibly uncomfortable for TikTok in the United States. And this one is one of them where he would basically force TikTok to divest its U.S. operations if it wants to keep doing business with other U.S. entities. Um, and, you know, but he can't unilaterally shut it down. He, uh, and for what it's worth, the, you know, even if he compelled a Google or Apple to, you know, block it from its app stores, um, you know, there are ways to, um, there are obviously VPNs, but there are ways to sideload, uh, as it's known, uh, apps onto a phone. And he wouldn't be able to delete the apps from the phone anyway. So there's a million and a half logistical questions about how that would actually happen. But I think it's all kind of bluster. Um, and I think what will happen is that we will see a sale of the company to Microsoft or another entity or Microsoft and a series of investors. And Trump will claim some sort of victory um, but you know, he did, he did today in the last hour or two, this is, we're speaking at, at Monday at two thirty. Um, he, he said that 
Um, he actually now will bless uh, Microsoft's proposed merger as long as they get it done by September 15th. He made some other ridiculous claims too that I won't get into right now. Um, but he seems to be okay with Microsoft right now, assuming that they can come to terms to a deal. So, And that comes on the heels of a conversation that he supposedly had with uh, Satya Nadella, the CEO of Microsoft, this weekend. Now, this the U.S. is not the first country to consider a ban like this. India had also banned uh, TikTok. Uh, how much do you know about that one? Because I'm going to admit, other than the sentence I just said, that's about as much as I know. I know that India yeah. has had a, a tumultuous uh, past year, uh, to put it lightly, um, and that they blame a lot on tensions with China. But what do you know about their ban of TikTok? Yeah, so uh, while we are going through a, um economic um, kind of war with China um, and intelligence war and a tech, you know, uh, arms race, if you will, especially ahead of, of 5G. Um, India and to, and China have had military uh, uh, scuff-ups in the last couple of months, um, particularly along their border. So in response to that, um, the Indian government, which does have the authority um, to more forcefully ban uh, an app than the U.S. does, I believe, um, did did force uh, did essentially force TikTok off of their um, out of their country. It's not a firewall like China has, but for all intents and purposes, they did. Um, you know, it's not on the App Store uh, in Apple or Google Play, and um, and so. You know, that, and, that, and India was its biggest market. I mean, it was a real craze in India. Um, so it's a huge blow. TikTok is appealing that decision. Uh, there are some remedies. They were very briefly banned in, from that country last year, but resolved it uh, over children's privacy concerns, something they've also been in trouble for in the United States. Um, and then the other, the other questions that, the other countries that, that TikTok has come into conflict with are obviously the U.S. and, Aus- and Australia, which has had very similar kind of criticisms. And then they also interestingly removed themselves from Hong Kong uh, over Hong Kong's new national security law, which basically allows Beijing and uh, to have a more forceful hand in the open internet that is happening, that, that does occur in Hong Kong. And there are some real police threats to tech companies and the employees of tech companies that are very recently uh, in place in Hong Kong. So it has been a whirlwind of a six weeks for TikTok and every social media company, but in particular uh, TikTok. Yeah, this, uh, I don't want to get off too much on a tangent, but this reminds me of a lot of the concerns and the conversations, you know, with Huawei, for example. Um, I'm curious to know, you know, if you think, if you had to kind of look forward, if you think um, this deal will happen, especially with the timeline um, that, are the president proposed, uh, which is, you know, well before the election. Yeah. I mean, I think if I had to guess, I would say, yes, I think a deal will get done. I mean, it's six weeks. It's not a lot of time, but Microsoft seems to be forcefully pursuing this and publicly pursuing this and call. Right. And I mean, calling the president, I've never heard of a CEO of a major tech company negotiating a government force merger uh, over the phone with the president, you know, it's just we are living in absolutely bonkers times, um, <laughs> you know, so anything can get done. I, I mean, I'm sure that 
uh, it seems like TikTok, it seems like ByteDance wants to make a deal to offload its property, its TikTok properties in the US, Australia, New Zealand, and Canada to Microsoft by September 15th. Seems like Microsoft wants that. It seems like most of you know, most uh, advisors to Trump and perhaps Trump also are okay with this. Um, so I don't see why not. I think it will probably be some sort of deal that sees Microsoft retain majority in operating ownership of the company, while uh, other investors, I believe uh, Sequoia Capital and SoftBank and some others have been in the mix about minority ownership. Um, but we'll see what the deal looks like. We'll see how much money it is. We'll see what uh, actually happens and what uh, Microsoft promises to do in order to safeguard um, user data. Um, this is this is very new territory for Microsoft, which is not really in the social media space other than owning um, LinkedIn and you know some gaming properties. So we are in for some very weird and interesting times. And before we go, I feel like we should um, just briefly revisit the fact, because I don't think an acquisition is going to resolve the actual privacy issues with TikTok. Yeah. Um, because, you know, on a personal level, like, do I, how much does TikTok bother me that it's owned by a Chinese-based company? Not a whole lot. How much does TikTok bother me based on how much uh, data it wants to access uh, from my devices? A lot <laughs> is both my concern level and the amount of data it wants. Uh, they, they got in trouble... Let's see when that was. Um, uh, it was uh, about a month, a little over a month ago, uh, when they were essentially caught uh, accessing a lot of the clipboard data on mm -hmm. your on your iPhones, um, which they are not the only ones to do that. But iOS uh, 14, are we on? Yeah. Uh, made it made it uh, to where you could tell when an app was kind of mm -hmm. looking at at the stuff that you were typing. Uh, and and basically purloining it. TikTok said, oh, that was a anti-spam measure that we were using to make sure people weren't posting the same thing in a million different places, which, you know, it's like every every defense TikTok gives. It makes sense, right? Like mm -hmm. like they always say, oh, you know, that's not that's not really how we operate. But in the end, kind of, you kind of have to take them at their word or not, which <laughs> is, is where a lot of people just decide whether or not they trust it. So, I, I mean, I feel like like this could this acquisition could almost be a way for TikTok to get out of having to answer those questions because Lord knows we put up with way too much from Facebook and other apps of how much data they want. Uh, do you think do you think that, that that issue might get kind of lost in this debate? Here's, I mean, it seems like the Trump administration wants to kind of, I think someone described it as a whack-a-mole. Um, they want to kind of put violating companies in their place one after another without really doing anything about privacy, um, which would be accomplished through legislation. Um, so, you know, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't solve a lot, you know, may it, may it make it more secure? It may, um, Microsoft, you know, we'll have to see, but, you know, I think that most, most opinions I've heard kind of say that as far as personal privacy and security go, TikTok is not a much worse offender than any other U.S.-based social media apps, maybe a little bit. Uh, the clipboard issue is certainly um, problematic. And, and they've gotten in trouble already for, um, for privacy in the United States. The FTC fined TikTok $5.7 million last year for COPPA violations of children's privacy rights. And, they're, and supposedly they are looking into whether they are continuing to violate children's privacy. Um, so does this help? Um, make your experience on TikTok more private and secure? Probably not. 
maybe slightly, um, but it is really seems like whenever a company gets on the gaze of the Trump administration, that's when they take action. Um, you know, we saw it last year with a very similar situation with Grindr, um, the gay dating app. We've seen it with Huawei and ZTE and, and you know, and Broadcom and, and um, Qualcomm. You know, we've seen this happen before, but it's it seems like a little bit selective. Uh, if I can give my one hot take on TikTok. Go for it. It's not a, I hope it's spicy. Not all of that. Yeah, I do think that their minimum user age is way too young. It is, I believe, 13, unless that's changed. Um, and, you know, I think under 18, you might have to have parental permission, which I, don't, I have no idea how that even works. Um, but, you know, it's uh, it's definitely a platform where I think anyone has used it because of the nature of the algorithm and the, the FYP, the four-year page mm-hmm. set up um, as a, as a parent. As, you know, as a person who uses it, I think the algorithm's great. Love <laughs> it. And I think it's what's really missing from competitors like Byte and what's the other one Triller. that's blowing up right now? Triller. And um, those two, by the way, exploded from absolute nothingness in the Apple App Store yeah. within one day of Trump's uh, banned comments to being the number one and number two app. Um, but, uh, but you know, I think Byte is like 17 plus or something. It's, it's, a, it's, a, yeah, it's it? a higher I think minimum most, age. I think most of them, I think Facebook's 13. I think most of them are 13. Yeah, but it's just there's something about, like, again, as, as a parent, yeah. the, I've, I find the algorithm, the setup of that one where it just dumps everyone into your front page, yeah. um, whether you follow them or not. Um, and so that's like, I, I like TikTok. I think as a creative platform, Co and I are both uh, big fans. Mm-hmm. So uh, not I. to speak for you, Co. Um, but uh, but you know that part. I'm like, it is very adult content. Yeah. And <laughs> well, that depends, right? The algorithm serves different things based on your demographic, what you like, and there are even you know Trump supporters on there. Um, but I, I see your c- concern for that. Um, I, I know that one of my friends, she's a disability advocate, and she she says. Her audience is mostly eleven-year-old girls, and I was kind of like eleven. That's that's way young. Yeah. <laughs> However old you think people are on there, they're younger. <laughs> right. Um, right. I think what I'll say about the algorithm is that, especially for those who are listening who might not have used TikTok before, um, either in business or personal capacity, um, it is incredibly powerful. The algorithm that fuels it in a way that I've never seen on another social media app before, and mm-hmm. it is. What's really interesting about it is that um, the way that it operates is different than Facebook or most other social media where you don't exactly, where your reach on that platform is not limited to how many followers you have. Um, So you could be, it's not what we call charted to a follower graph. Basically, your video could reach 100 people, it could reach 10 people, or it could reach, you know, a a couple million. You know, it's, it is, um, it keeps pushing it out in kind of a very powerful way, which kind of alleviates any interest and concern about uh, how the app works. Yeah, it is. It is to your point. I've never I've been kind of down on algorithmic news feeds uh, since they launched uh, in both Facebook and Twitter. Uh, but, uh, you know, and, and Instagram, uh, I didn't like it there either. <laughs> but uh, but, you know, TikTok. Uh, na- it, well, I'd say I say nailed it. Um, but on the other hand, of course, there is the philosophical argument that it just digs you deeper into the trench that you're already in. I, I find um, that it's, it is so powerful that it actually does not reinforce a lot of the 
it shows me a lot of things that I would never think of, which is what a good algorithm does. A good algorithm is supposed to introduce things and test against what you think you want to see and show you new and surprising things. Meanwhile, I've been able to custom fit my Instagram feed to be entirely dogs because it's that sensitive. <laughs> and I just don't think I could do that on TikTok. I don't think even if I only clicked on dogs, you know, or watch dogs and interacted with it, you know, that I would only see dogs. It's just, I think a, a superior algorithm. That's my hot. That's well, my hot take. This has been a great co. Before we leave, I mean, like I said, you use uh, TikTok pretty frequently. How how are you feeling about it these days? I mean, has any of this changed any of your thoughts about it? Did you respond at all when there when there were concerns that it might get shut down? Yes, I was tempted to do one of those. This may be my last TikTok post. Follow me elsewhere, um, but I did not. Um, I. I figured it, things would not happen overnight, right? Again, to Scott's point about no unilateral decisions being made. Um, I, I mean, I think it's, yes, one of the most creative platforms. I've been introduced to so many new dances and creators um, at home. I think it's a great way to connect. I do have my own concerns, but... You know, I figure if you're living a modern life and on these platforms, like you've basically signed your life away, right? So, yeah. right. Uh, <laughs> so basically, you just have to, to to understand and accept that when, especially when you sign up for something. Um, but I'm curious to know, you know, if this acquisition will happen and if um, anything will change. I don't see any big changes except for, um, you know, like on LinkedIn. Uh, I, I don't, I see some promotion of Microsoft products, but there's, you know, not a lot of proliferation there. Um, but in terms of my, what I create on TikTok, you know, I, I still find that balance of sometimes my meditation or mindfulness posts getting 70,000 views and sometimes something only getting, you know, 20 views and that's totally fine. Um, it's just another, you know, way for me to, to create. So yeah, and I think like as I mentioned, like checking into Facebook was kind of interesting. I don't go into Facebook very often, uh, probably for the same reason a lot of folks. Uh, but the, you know, checking into it the other day, it helped me understand maybe the political strategy here because I'm sitting here thinking. I mean, Scott, how many people use TikTok like in America? Fifty million. Something I think like it's that? like sixty, but yeah, not not entirely sure. Yeah, it's not a small number, no. <laughs> you know, and and very largely Gen Z, a lot of first time voters. And I was sitting there thinking, like, what a bad play, yeah. you know, like what a what a kind of unnecessarily negative move to be known as the president that either did or tried to shut down a tremendously popular app. And then I went on Facebook and I see all these parents uh, who are not, you know, deep in the app, don't use it. And they're just like, I've heard it is Chinese spyware targeting my children. And if you hear it that way, if you believe that, um, you know, that's a pretty compelling argument. And if you think Trump is looking out for you as a parent, um, maybe there's some political strategy there. But I have to admit, up until seeing that, um, that I was kind of like, what? what is the strategy here? But but then that's a question you can just you know, bash your skull in asking. I would love to see, like, polling on this, you know. I would love to see the splits in polling on this. You know, it, it, it would be absolutely fascinating. I don't think this decision is going to drive um, parents to the poll that are, you know, to the polls that wouldn't otherwise vote for Trump. Um, could it motivate some first-time users? May, you know, maybe. Uh, first-time voters, maybe. But, I mean... It's all speculation at this point. 
Just so if anyone's out there listening and planning on polling, please get in contact with our reporter, Scott Nover. <laughs> yeah, I'll take, I'll take first look data. You know, we'll, we'll, we can talk about it. Well, definitely uh, drop us an email if you have any thoughts, concerns, or if you are doing any original polling that we should be aware of at uh, podcast at adweek.com. That's podcast at adweek.com. Code, Scott, thank you both so much for making time for us. Thank you, David. All right. That was a bonus episode of, yeah, that's probably an ad for Adweek. Uh, please uh, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Those reviews mean a lot to us and help new listeners discover the show. Our theme music is by home. Uh, this bonus episode was produced by Co M and edited by Lane McGibney. I'm David Greiner, and we'll be back with our normally scheduled programming next week. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality.